Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Stephen, good to have you back on the program. Uh, thanks very much for the time. But let me start with this. What, what is the IRC and what do you make of the blockades, the rail blockades? First of all, Roy, I want to thank you for allowing me to be on your show. It's a tremendous honor. Um, as far as the blockades, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously there's some rights recognition. Um, but uh, moving forward, you know, we, we definitely need to have some further dialogue. And, and I think we have to let the Wet'suwet'en people uh, really work out some internal uh, uh, governance issues. And, and and let them settle it. But in the meantime, I think just to help Canada move along, I think we need to pull those RCMP out of there for now until, you know, the dialogue can at least start. And then we can show some compassion and start addressing those issues that are now prevalent, you know, that are coming up about Indigenous title and right and what what have you. So uh, it's it's I think it's crucial we keep Canada going. And, and uh, you know, I, I think we made a very strong point and I think it's it's about time that, you know, the dialogue starts, but it begins with the RCMP being retracted until further notice. Now, when it comes to the IRC uh, and what the engagement is of the Indian Resource Council, tell us, please, what it is, what the fundamental objective of the IRC is. Okay, well, you know, we're an advocacy organization that was started back in the ni- early 1980s. You know, beginning with the oil and gas that happened in my community, the Samson Cree Nation, just outside of Muscogee's. Um, in Muscogee's, I mean, uh, you know, there's a big boom of the Bonnie Glen Pool was a world-class oil field. And, you know, we had no idea what was happening with the royalties and decisions being made for us by industry and government. So the organization was created so that we can advocate, start advocating for ourselves during learning the industry. So to the to this point now, Obviously, we're looking at First Nations have more than enough uh, opportunities to participate in economic ventures that are in and around their territories, be it transmission lines, highways, pipelines, any oil and gas play, um, oil sand development, stuff like that. Just want to make sure that, you know, the communities aren't missing out. And, you know, and then it's been, uh, this organization has been very crucial in, in helping uh, modernizing the Indian Oil and Gas Act. And, and, and it's it's something that's very beneficial to us because, one, we don't see enough money in the Indian, Indian, uh, Indian Act funding agreements that we get. So we have to find a different way of economic development to kind of subsidize the lack of funding we receive. Yeah. And you don't want to be bystanders on what's going on in, in, in your own territory and have people tell you, well, this is what we're going to do and this is what you're going to benefit from it. You want to be equal partners and participants and that's you know that's completely understandable i can't imagine anybody not wanting to have that participatory level when we look if i can just come back to the issue of uh, of, of the of the the blockades i don't spend a whole lot of time on this because there's other questions i have for you but when the courts make a decision uh and when you have first nations and band councils all along the line supporting for example the uh, gas links pipeline and and uh, and and tmx i know there's opposition how do you how do you how do you resolve that? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying. I get that's, there's the question of the year, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. Eh? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll answer it for you right now. <laughs> Take care of it, will you, Stephen? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things, and, and I think for the most part, a lot of the people, especially these young activists, they don't really understand the issues. 
in 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 this circumstance, you know, in northern British Columbia, there's tradition there. There's hereditary chiefs chieftainship, and and in and from what I've been told, they still have a say into regards to the governance of the community. Uh, and, and what we're talking about is the Wasotin. So they do have a say, but uh, you know, moving forward, you know, uh, to, to 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 move things. I think we need that dialogue nationally, you know, and it has to be regionally as well. You know, uh, each province be what it may, and then just start talking about Indigenous title and rent because now we're very confused. Whose natural law are we following? <laughs> Canada's law, you know, and of course we're going to throw out the flag of colonialism or are we going to follow the law of the Creator and, and how the land is and what have you. Uh, and the everyday Canadian won't, can't put their head around that either. So we're, we're at a real big crossroads here. And it's, it's, I think it's the responsibility of the government, responsibility of our own people, our leaders, to really start coming together and start addressing these issues on, on title and right and trying to uniform this country back to what it should be. You know, we're resource rich, and we got to find a way to, to, to make our, our, our country more pos- prosperous. There's no way people in Canada should be living under the poverty line, given the resources we have. No, there isn't. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, yeah. last last time we talked, we were talking about Bill C sixty nine, which the IRC strongly opposed and wanted the Trudeau government to 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 get rid of. So here we are on the cusp of another situation, and that is whether or not the federal government agrees with Alberta and agrees with the, uh, I think, with a sort of consensus economic view that saying no to $20 billion investment and uh, and thousands of jobs and massive amounts of money coming into the country and meeting the environmental standards set by the federal government. You know where I'm going with this, the, t- the tech frontier mine. How does the IRC view this? Where do you, th- where do you think Trudeau should come down? Well, you know, I, I think we definitely need to see this resource development. Like I, like I said, you know, Canada is resource rich. And primarily, yes, we're blessed here in Alberta that we have the resource. And if we can get these uh, these resources to world markets, obviously it's going to benefit Canada. Now, if we're still stuck under the Indian Act as a First Nations person, it's beneficial that we see this go through because at the end of the day, when, when Prime Minister Trudeau gets his cabinet together and he's got his budget and he's on his hands and knees in front of the Governor General saying, here it is, there's a small portion in there for the Indian Act bans in Canada. And if there's no resource development and we're not be able to sell these uh, resources on the world market, there's not going to be much for the First Nation programming that we are stuck under, under this Indian Act. So that's that's the real ripple effect in this. You know, and of course, the communities that are, have approved it, you know, with, obviously with the protection of uh, Moose Lake as they're requested by the First Nations uh, in the area of uh, Fort McMurray, Fort Mackay, you know, they support it, you know, and then they want to see things done. I know there's an issue with uh, Chief Alan Adam, and I hope they find a resolve to, to some of the issues that he's bringing forward, which I'm confident they will. Yeah, we'll be talking to the Minister of the Environment for Alberta about that in the next hour. So you have uh, the Indigenous Participation in Major Projects Conference coming up in Calgary, <laughs> 26th yeah. and 27th of this month. Correct. You know, it's... Uh, you know, we don't plan these things, and, and the timely of it is, is unbelievable. I, I couldn't yeah. uh, couldn't say it any other way, but, uh, you know, the big thing now is the dialogue, and I think we have some really good panels as to talking about uh, roles of government, industry, and First Nations in these infrastructure projects, and in the expectations of each each uh, partner 
you know, and then, you know, we want to talk about uh, the training, you know, and what, what it's going right. to take right. to see the communities benefit and participate all levels of what this project may be in their yeah. backyard. And I'm not only talking pipelines. <laughs> remember, it's not only pipelines, you know, there's transmission yeah. lines, there's, there's other infrastructure that could be out there. And then lastly, we're going to dip our toe a little bit more into this, uh, this UNDRIP con- uh, discussion, United Nations Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People. You know, I, I've been to a conference in Vancouver where they just touched a little bit about it, but I think we need to know more. I know uh, industry's asking, what does this mean? And then, of course, industry's scared of this word called veto. Much to and come. Yeah. Much to come. You know, so you've got to talk about it first, right? Yeah, well, exactly. And if people want to register for the conference, they can yep. still do so on your website, right? IRCCanada.ca yep. or IRC.ca. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.